Hello everyone and welcome to Baby Steps. Again, uh, like I always start the show, I appreciate all the all the love and support of the show. Um, really does mean a lot to me. Um, like I've always said, this is a show that not only is about my, my walk as a Christian, but it's about me. It's me opening myself, opening my life to you. And I appreciate that you enjoy it. Uh, I don't know. Maybe against better judgment I shouldn't be recording this at this time. But I've always said I wanted to be real on this. And this is about as real as it gets. I had an idea for the podcast today. I was going to go with it. And maybe we'll get to it a little bit. But... You know, I'm just gonna throw it out there. This is this is a rough time of year for me. Uh, I'm recording this again on Monday, it's October the 24th. Yesterday, the 23rd was my birthday. I turned 44. Um, that's not the hard part about it. I mean, I'm only 44. Um, I mean, the positive about it is I've come a long way. This time last year, I was living with my dad. Because my second marriage failed. Um, I was beat up mentally, emotionally. Really didn't have any positive thoughts. Because there I am, 43 years old. Living with my dad. Not to mention, both my knees were, were swollen I couldn't walk and I was using my mom's walker that she that she had used to get around the house. Not exactly a happy way to celebrate my birthday. So I've come a long way. I mean, I'm here. I got a great church family. Um, I got a lot of positives. So this is why this is a tough time of year for me. So my birthday is the 23rd. My second marriage, my wedding day was the 28th. And it's not hard because the marriage ended. It was the best thing that could have happened to me. It got me out of a bad situation. It got me away from all that so I could at least kind of start to rebuild myself. And it's part, and it's the, it was the start of the reason why I'm here doing this show with you today. And quite honestly, I know there was a, there was some good in that marriage, in that relationship. But it's just like all the bad just... It, and I should have known from the beginning. I, I jumped into the relationship way too soon. Right after my first marriage. Um, and I guess that's the other thing that makes it hard. I've been married twice. You know, at that point, it's just like, oh, well, this guy can't can't get it right. And then the other part of this time of year that makes it tough is um, the 30th, which is Sunday, um, is the anniversary of my mom's death. Uh, she passed away of cancer, and that's just always tough.
I guess the reason why, especially when it comes to this being hard is... And I love this town, I love this community, I love my church, I love everyone in it. But I'd be lying if I said it's not hard sometimes. Reason why, again, you know, I, my, my opinion of myself has grown. I, I, I now know who I am. I know that I have a purpose and, I, and slowly that purpose is becoming unveiled to me. But I'd be lying if I said I don't, I, I just wonder if, There's ever going to be anyone for me. You know, being married twice obviously didn't meet the right people. And it's, it's, it's extremely tough. Like last night at, at uh, Life Groups, uh, part of the video, one of the things... Um, Let's talk about building community and being with people. And one of the ladies was talking and she said, you know, she's finally started going to church. And she she grew up in a one-parent home and got to see what what solid relationships and marriages look like and all that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely great. I'm, I'm in a community where families go to have their family. There are a lot of families in this town, in this surrounding area. There's a lot of families in my church. And it's absolutely a great example for me. But it also sucks because I'm single. And there's not many single people in the church. There's not many single people, period, in this town. Or at least it seems like it. And it's just like, I, I see all of this, and it's like, hey, that's awesome. I mean, it, it, it's possible for that to happen after how chaotic, you know, things got with, with my two marriages. But then it's also, well, is that ever going to be for me? Many even started looking at today, it was just like, you know, what does it say about being single in the Bible? And there's a lot, you know, Jesus was single. There's quite a few people that were single in the Bible. And it's just like, is that part of my destiny? Am I destined, maybe I'm supposed to be alone. But that, that doesn't make sense either. Because I fully believe Alexis was always supposed to be born. But maybe it wasn't supposed to be with me. I don't know. It just bring it brings up there's there's two questions hopefully I get to the second one but there that's that's another good question is are people are some people destined to be alone not alone but be single I just wonder about that with me I mean this started off part of the reason and maybe I told this story or not but maybe I didn't Part of the reason I moved here was I finally felt good enough about myself when I was living back with my dad to try to start seeing people. 
met someone, we talked, started going to her house, we watched movies and hung out, and things seemed to be going great, and then, you know, one night I got a, got a text message from her saying, I feel nothing for you except a friend. But then it's also, but I also don't want to see you anymore. And it was at that point I said, forget it. The only thing that's ever going to make me happy is radio. And that's when I called the general manager of the radio station here in Knoxville. And the rest is all history. And I'm not looking for, for someone because I think that one person is going to fill the... I, I know that's not... Because that's basically the reason why I, I, I've been married twice. But it sure be nice to have someone to, you know, to share a lot of this with. Not that I don't like sharing it with all of you, but so I don't know. It's just so difficult when you do find someone. Sometimes you just never know truly how they are. Or if you don't really get a, a, a time to actually, you know, spend with someone to see if there's something there, then it's just, you know, and sometimes life gets in the way. Things happen. Time is short. People sometimes don't have a lot of time. And I know it's something you got to be patient with. I, I, I know. Lord knows. Patience. That's one of the big things that's been preached to me. But at some point, you know, if you're interested in someone, someone's interested in you, It it's either, you know, you kind of got to see what's there. Because it's not good either. If you, it, you know, if both of you show a lot of patience, wait, wait, wait finally get that that moment to spend together and you know get a chance to see if there's something there then it's like uh nope nothing here that's not good either so i don't know maybe it's just one of those things are just not destined to be with anybody will i get that answer tonight no probably not Will I get that answer ever? Maybe. Man, I know if it's God's will for so, for for me to have someone, they'll be you know that person will, will show up. It's just dreams are something that I've always been fascinated with, and you know you can have those dreams where like it seems so real, but then you know it's not real. But I've had two. That were very, very real and very, very profound. I've had a ton of like big, elaborate dreams. There's very few that I can remember. And there's two of them. Well, there's three of them, but there's two that kind of apply to this as stand out to me. First one, I don't. I was I was older than ten, but I don't remember exactly how old I was. And the dream was is that the rapture happened. And I was there, and I saw my mom, my dad, and my sister 
all get pulled up to heaven and I was stuck on earth. And I remember I woke up crying. I cried bits and pieces throughout the day. I cried at the dinner table that night. But at that age, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to... I'd like to think at this point in my life now that that's not, that's, that, that that's not going to happen. But that's still a dream that... And maybe it meant something different. Because now what I've come to believe at, at 12 years old, or, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, I wasn't that bad of a kid. So I don't think it could have been God saying, hey, you need to get back on the right path, but maybe it was. And the other one ties into to what I'm talking about. So I had this dream, and there was a female in it. And it was a feeling of affection and love towards someone that I've never felt before. And I'm sorry for saying this. I've been married twice. And yeah, I, I loved both of them, but it wasn't the kind of love that's supposed to last forever. Thus is why I've been married twice. This feeling was different. And it was different memories, different things doing, and, and all this sort of stuff. And it was just, it, it was unbelievable. But there's one problem. There wasn't a name, and there wasn't a face. And the dream ended where I looked down at them, said, I love you. And right as about to say their name, I woke up. And I was immediately depressed, and I was depressed for a couple days afterwards. Because I didn't know who that was, if they existed, if they will ever exist. And would I find them? And now I'm starting to wonder, was that just a dream about that? Or did it have a different meaning? I don't know. If it's someone... Sure as heck haven't met him. I guess kind of the joke, they probably wouldn't live here anyway because everyone's... And if they did, they probably would be married. But it's just tough, man, this time of year. And I shouldn't feel this way. But I also know two times I was married. And I can 100 honestly look at myself in the mirror and look at anyone and tell them I had no clue who the heck I was. Scott was there, but was it the real 100% Scott? No, it wasn't. Because I had no clue. And now I fully know who I am. Scott is a deep thinker like this. And when stuff like this comes up, I'm going to look things up to try to figure it out. 
or at least get in the right direction. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to... That's who I am. One of my therapists called it emotional intensity, and yeah, it can. But it also means my true friends, people that, that, that I feel close to, you're in. I'll do anything I can for you. But now that's, that's expanded to more. I feel like I could do that for anybody. And I truly can honestly say that if there ever was someone to come into my life, I'd love them like no one ever could. Because that's who I am. And I'm not passive on stuff. If there's something that I, that I like, I go after it. There's nothing wrong with that. I've done it my whole life. I wanted to be an athlete and I went after it as hard and as much as I could. But now I know not to get obsessive with it. You know, Coralisa at uh, church, she's our praise team leader. She gave me a hug on Sunday and she's like, you know, I'm really proud of you. That meant the world to me. And I mean, it's human nature too. We all just want someone to say, hey, you know what? I choose you. And the one thing that I never was when it came to sports and a lot of other things, I was never the person picked last. But here it just seems like when it comes to relationships and love and all that sort of stuff, kind of seems like I'm the kid in gym class or at recess that's getting picked last. So I don't know. Not much more I can get an answer for on this one. So the other question that I had was, so we all have a plan. God set aside a path for us, but we all drift away. It happens. Everyone does. There's only been one person that has perfectly lived their life in God's path. That was Jesus. Everyone else stray away. As you stray away, you have your own experiences, meet people, ha have everything. So, my question is, if that's the case, does that mean that the people that we met as we went along our path, we weren't destined to meet them? So, if we would have stayed the path or stayed closer to the path, would we have ever met them? I know a lot of you can think, well, if there was kids involved and all this sort of stuff, you know, what do you think about that? And I, 
I think when it comes to children being born, I think they're everyone was meant to be born. But that was that was my question. Asked some people in the church, messaged Pastor Dave, and Pastor Dave called me. He's like, look up predestination. And oh boy, did I go down a rabbit hole for this. Only got about 10 minutes left in the show, so we're not even going to scratch the surface on this. But predestination, there are two main schools of thought. There is Calvinism, or it's known as the Reformed Theology, and there's Arminianism. Calvinism was named after John Calvin. He's a French theologian from the 1500s. Arminianism was named after Jacobus Arminius. He was a Dutch theologian in the 1500s. Lived from 1560 to 1609. Two very different ideas of this the best way to put this between the two I'll start with Armenianism because that's as close to what everyone knows God knows everything he knows the beginning and end but he also gives us a free will It watches over us. It wants us to get to the end that he has for us. But we have a free will. We can do whatever we want. And all of us do. At some point or another, we all do what we want. Calvinism is very different. Calvinism basically says, God knows everything. God is in control of everything. And he knows everything because he, he's pre-planned it. And the biggest thing between the two is that Calvinism says that from birth you are chosen if you are going to be saved and have salvation and go into heaven or not. And if you are chosen, you really don't have free will. You follow God's path because God's, God's grace and, and all is so irresistible that you won't. And God will be there, and he'll be with you. He'll watch and make sure that you do not go off the path that he has for you. But that's only for the chosen. If you're not chosen... And this is the really strange and out there part of this. From, from my basic understanding of this, if you are not one of the chosen, whereas with Armenianism, you can be saved, choose to follow Jesus, and that's your path to heaven. Where in Calvinism is, you're chosen, 
there's your path to heaven. God won't let you stray away from it. In Calvinism, if you're not chosen, you have no path to heaven. You cannot be saved, and you cannot get to heaven if you are not one of the chosen. I, I have read some of the main scriptures, and it is very interesting to where Calvinism will take some text from the Bible, and if you read it the, the way that they believe it, it's very clear that this is true. But then... When you look at Armenianism, they will take the same text and say, okay, yes, that's exactly what that says. But if you read a few more verses below this, it adds more. So it's almost as if Calvinism is taking certain parts of the Bible to stay with this, with this uh, theological theory. It makes no sense to me. Because the God that I've come to know loves everybody. Wants everyone to be saved, but also will give you the free will to come to him. Calvinism, you're not given a choice. And here's the big key for me. This completely, Calvinism to me, completely destroys Jesus' ministry. Because Jesus doesn't preach that. From what little that I know and I've heard, Jesus doesn't preach that. Calvinism says that Jesus went to the cross and died for everybody, but only the chosen Receive the receive the gift that Jesus gave us. That makes absolutely no sense. Plus, if the if Calvinism was a hundred percent correct, so from birth we are predestined. God says, "Okay, Scott, you're with me. You're not going to stray away from the path." We all know some of the disciples were not good people before they met Jesus. The way that it makes it sound is if you're chosen by by God, you're not a bad person. He won't allow you to be a bad person. So how does that work with the disciples? I mean, seriously, I, I, like I said, I've done, I've done a little bit of, I haven't done a ton of research, but I've done a good amount to at least get a base knowledge of this. And maybe I'll talk a little bit more about this next week, but it just makes no sense. It only makes sense in one, in one thought that I have about it. So we live in a messed up world in society, very violent, very everything. Here's a thought. So, 
According to Calvinism, you're born, you're chosen by God. You're in. So you know from birth you're in. So you know that God's going to be there and that it's, you know, everything with God is so irresistible that you can't do anything else. So you're going to be a good person. So you're not going to be violent. You're not going to, you're not going to do drugs. You're not going to do anything. So from birth, you are told by God, you are given indication by God, you are one of my chosen. Follow this path. I mean, seriously. If at a very young kid, God came to you and said, follow this path and you'll have eternal life. I think all of us are going to take it. Plus, if you're chosen, you don't have a choice. So you're going to do it anyway. But what if you're not chosen? And maybe that's what happens. Is where those chosen at a young age are, are told by God, you're one of my chosen. You're gonna live you're gonna live forever in paradise. Yeah, you know, sorry Scott, I, I didn't choose you. Oh no no no, you can't there's no way for you to, to get get to heaven, so you're just you know just move along. I could see where people would eventually at some point it just breaks you. I mean, imagine at a young age, and, and, and this is what happens with kids. A lot of kids and a lot of people are told at a very young age that there's no hope for you. There's no no shot. You have no shot to be anything, do anything. You are lost and you'll never be found and nobody cares. Makes a lot of sense why we got a lot of violent people. You're told you're no good. You're, you're nothing. You're never going to be anything. You can't get to heaven because God didn't choose you. He chose you just, be, just because. Yeah, I could see why. You could get pretty violent and well if I'm if if I'm truly destined for nothing, then what do I have to lose? Put me in prison? Okay. What's what that's what's that gonna do? Plus the whole thing of Calvinism is why would God bring bring someone into the world just to tell them you'll never make it to heaven? Again, everything that I've been taught, we're his greatest creation. So why would he go to his greatest creation, something that makes him happier than anything, and say, nope. I can see parents doing that, looking at a child and saying, nope. You're different. We don't know how to handle you, so we're just going to leave you alone. That's a human. Human do that sort of stuff, but... God? The perfect being creating a, someone and saying, nope, you're not good enough. So it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. There's a lot to it. 
Maybe we'll get more into it. I got a little bit sidetracked and kind of feeling down on myself, but I appreciate everyone for listening. Um, many different ways you can you can get this. You can get it on Anchor.fm. You can get it on Google Podcasts, Spotify, also Amazon Music and Audible. All for free. Again, uh, if you want to reach out to me, my name is Scott Daly, S-C-O-T-T-D-A-I-L-E-Y. I live in Knoxville, Iowa. You can reach me on Facebook. Also, scottdaily7 at gmail.com is my email address as well. Uh, we do these every Monday. Uh, it might change a little bit uh, once Ultimate Journey ends in December because I don't think they're going to start a Phase 2 until into next year. So we will see about that for right now. It'll be Mondays. I announce it on my on my Facebook page. But again, Monday nights, it'll be out there. So if anything, if you want to wait, at least it'll be good. Tuesdays, it'll be there. But again, thank you everyone for listening. And that will do it uh, for tonight. Goodbye. <laughs>